0: Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. We go through another day, just wondering when we'll get back to normal. But we do have a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode, so I'm happy to be here with you. As always, creating a little bit of a distraction, maybe giving you something else to think about and kind of take your mind off of things that are going on in the real world today. We want to make sure that we are always keeping you company. So the best way to do that is to make sure you are subscribed in whatever podcasting app you like to use, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, whatever you may be listening to subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate the feedback and it does help with the placement on whatever podcasting app you use in the future. Of course, we also want you to be a part of the show. So you can send us your questions and you can send us your comments at any time by following us on Twitter at locked Let's be honest. If you're sitting at home and you got something on your mind, Go ahead and reach out to us. We'll incorporate it into a show. Let us know how you're doing, too. You can also check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash and do a YouTube search for Locked On Nittany Lions where we'll upload audio versions in video format from parts of this episode and more. So lots of stuff to look forward to on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. And who knows, maybe we'll add some more in the coming days. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode. We have an update from the NCAA regarding the recruiting dead period, which has been extended. We'll talk about that in our opening segment. A Former Nittany Line Allen Robinson, continuing to do some good work in his community. We'll talk about the possibility of college football being played in the spring, and we will continue saying some nice things about Big Ten teams. Today we're going to talk about the Maryland Terrapins. So sit back, relax, enjoy whatever it is you're doing right now, and let's go ahead and get this episode started. Begin today's show as we try to do every now and then when there's some good vibes to share during these troubling times. A former Nittany Lion doing some good once again in his community, and that is former wide receiver or current NFL wide receiver Allen Robinson, member of the Chicago Bears. Remember, he has already been lauded for his community service in his surrounding community, and he continues to be doing that during some very troubling times in the Chicago area. Now, Allen Robinson with his foundation, the Within Reach Foundation. Typically, they aim to provide for some outreach programs for students that don't have necessarily the same advantages that a lot of other students may have. And of course, in any urban area, that's always a very key uh, demographic to, to help support. And Alan Robinson is very keen on that, and he continues to be focusing on that as well. However, recently, uh, the given everything that's been going on now with the coronavirus pandemic, he and his foundation have shifted their focus to gearing towards helping families and kids in need. Uh, Families that have been impacted by the coronavirus via job losses or at least temporary layoffs, whatever the case may be, a lot of kids may not have the same kind of resources that they were accustomed to having. And maybe they don't have the ability to eat as much food uh, and get as many meals, proper meals or whatever that they are typically having because families let's face it around the country are making some serious adjustments right now i, I feel very fortunate that i'm not in one of those positions but i feel for anyone who out there who has and it's good to see alan robinson continuing to focus and helping those that he is able to help now his foundation set a goal of raising twelve thousand dollars from donors to help support uh, i don't know exactly what the math was but i think it was twelve dollars in uh, donations, can feed you know twenty, can provide twenty pounds of food, so just you know, do the math. Twelve thousand uh, dollars can go a long way to feeding a lot of families in the Chicago area. So the goal was set at twelve thousand dollars. Fortunately, and, and also I should note that Alan Robinson was going to match every donation up to twelve thousand dollars. So. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy, he comes in, he donates twelve thousand (laughs) dollars, so that is fantastic, and obviously Allen Robinson matches that twelve thousand dollars on top of any other donations that had to come in uh, through the 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 donation the the donation process, and another Chicago Bear offensive tackle Charles Leno also added another seven thousand or uh, I'm sorry seventy two hundred dollars, so. That's really cool stuff to see, and it's really encouraging to see so many athletes around the world of sports, and not just football players and former Penn State players, but really across the board, reaching out and trying to use some of the advantages that they have, and some of the leverage that they have, and some of the, the outlets that they have to be able to help those that are in some serious need. Now, obviously, like I said, this whole thing has been impacting everybody in one way or another and again I I feel fortunate to be in my position but if you are having some problems and you need something to just let us know what we can do to help and we'll we'll try to see what we can do uh, moving forward because we do want to make this show a little bit of a family experience as well so if you have any ideas and anything you would like us to see uh, try and get together we would definitely love and encouraged to do that because if we all come together we'll all get through this together so that's just something to keep in mind if you need someone to reach out to you know feel free to reach out to us at any time you know, hook us up on twitter or on facebook we also have an email address at locked lines at feel free to drop us a line anytime and we're more than interested or more than willing to maybe relay some of the messages and uh, opportunities that you have uh in these times of need especially for around the penn state community if you have uh, something that you want to get out there, let us know. We'll we'll be more than happy to help relay those words uh, whenever we possibly can. But shifting gears, let's talk about some of the big news that came out yesterday that affects obviously uh, Penn State football, college football in general, or at least potentially. Now, this is more geared towards the recruiting aspect of the game right now. We're, we're going to talk about what's going to happen with the upcoming schedule once again in today's episode. But I want to make sure you guys are aware of what just happened yesterday from the NCAA. NCAA, and that is that the NCAA has officially announced that they are going to extend the recruiting dead period now through the end of May. So May 31st is when the current dead period will continue on for as of this time. Now, previously, around mid-March, when everything started to really (laughs) go haywire around the world of sports and beyond, uh, the NCAA put in the effective uh, recruiting dead period that was supposed to go until April 15th. Obviously, we're still a couple of weeks away from that, but they get a sense that things are not getting any better, or at least quickly enough. So it is very wise right now to just make sure everybody is con- going to continue to keep their social distance. And this is kind of in accordance with the fact that uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have shut down all recruiting and team activities through the end of May, and uh, the, the federal stay home re- guidelines are being extended another 30 days uh, until the end of this month. But this is all kind of just covering everybody, and that's a good idea because we still don't know when things are going to get back to normal. If they will. And I think that's one of the very key pieces that the NCAA needs to address as early as they possibly can. So even if things do get better by the end of May, it's best not to rush back into everything. Now, of course, as far as recruiting goes, kids can still commit to their schools and you can still have conversations and communication with these players uh, through text messages and phone calls and Zoom meetings, which is all the rage these days. Tyler Bowen had a Zoom meeting yesterday, actually, and got a chance to talk to some of the Penn State media. So, uh, nothing too particularly newsworthy out of that one. However, uh, getting back on track here, uh, you you can still have developments in recruiting. So, you know, you can still have kids, uh, you know, trim down their lists and uh, make their decisions early if they so choose to do so. Uh, You just cannot have any official visits, unofficial visits, coaches can't go hit the road on April 15th like they typically can during their normal recruiting calendar. So a lot of the stuff that typically happens in the spring, which is big for spring evaluation, is not going to be happening at least through the end of May. So that is a big setback, I think, as far as the recruiting process is concerned. And I saw this idea thrown out there and I don't remember who I retweeted that said it Um, so forgive me for that, but I do think that it is pretty interesting to see what could happen. I think with the early recruiting period. Now the early recruiting period comes up in December, just before Christmas. And I don't think it would be a bad idea to just scrap that for this current recruiting cycle. I think you're putting a lot of stress on kids as the point was made uh, in that retweet that I had. Uh, you're, you're asking kids to do an awful lot in a reduced period of time, and of course, you know some kids know exactly where they want to go, uh, and their their minds are made up very early on. It's not like that for everybody, and the loss of the spring evaluation period is really detrimental for a large number of recruits that are out there. They're not going to get the same kind of opportunities to explore. Uh, various campuses and, and coaching staffs, and, and you won't get some of the face to face time. You know, you, obviously, you can, like I said, you can have phone calls and video conferencing, but there's just something different when you get a chance to actually be there in person and get a chance to maybe tour campus or a facility with that coach and you can ask some questions. Again, you can go through that process, but it's there's something different about it when it's in person. So this is, this is pretty significant. And of course, again, as I say all the time, everybody's going to be dealing with this problem. Everybody's going to be going through the same uh, issues. And you know, some schools will be able to handle it better than others. I think Penn State will be able to fare okay. I don't think it's uh, anything you need to be too worried about as far as recruiting is concerned, if that is your concern. But I do think that it would be interesting and it would probably be a good idea to maybe scrap that early re-signing period uh, coming up in December and just go back, at least for the one year, uh, hopefully <laughs> that being the case, just go back to having the, the regular signing day in February. If you want to have a second re-signing day, maybe make it later on uh, after the typical signing day. Um, you know, Obviously, I don't know if it's really needed at that point, but I do think that at least for one year, uh, I would not be surprised if we see a few more adjustments to the recruiting calendar obviously we'll keep an eye on all this stuff as they continue to unfold and we'll relay it and kind of try to figure out how it relates to Penn state moving forward. Again, this is something that everybody has to deal with. So I just wanted to make sure we're touching that base as well. If you are sick and tired of hearing me talk about potentially changing the college football schedule, just to be able to fit a season in, uh, Bear with me, because we're going to do it once again in this segment of the podcast. Now, we talked a little bit in recent episodes about the possibility of moving the college football season up as early as July. Again, I don't think that that's very viable. I don't think there's any chance that that's going to happen as my phone goes off with a text message. I apologize for that. But let's talk about a different idea. And again, this is probably something that has a very small chance of happening, but It kind of entertains me a little bit more, or it intrigues me a little bit more than the other ideas. And that's the idea of playing college football in the spring. Now, before I get to that, let's just keep in mind a couple things here. Okay, we're getting one day closer to when college football is supposed to start. But of course, college football starts before you think it starts. It doesn't start with those week zero and week one games. It starts with the opening of their summer camps and obviously if you don't have summer school sessions you're probably not going to be having summer football practices now we mentioned yesterday that duca has already canceled one of their summer sessions the first summer session that they typically have during the summer Uh, that's not a good sign even worse Ohio State has closed all summer sessions coming up uh, for the entire summer, and I think that's just the next domino that's going to be falling. Obviously, we'll keep an eye to see what Penn State ends up doing, but uh, it's not a very positive sign or an encouraging sign if you think that college football is going to be played uh, as scheduled. And I still think I'm going to lean that way, that it will be played as scheduled, but as I said yesterday, I'm gaining less and less confidence as the days go by and more information comes out about how schools are adjusting to everything that's been going on right now. But let's talk about a different idea, okay? Let's say that college football is going to be adjusted. And let's not move it up to the summer because that's a ridiculous idea. What if you played it in the spring? And this is kind of uh, ironic that it, this story came out yesterday because um, Matt De Bear who covers penn state sports over on the great penn state website roar lions roar shared his own idea about playing a full college football season in the spring and i think it's a worthy idea of at least discussing okay we all know this college football has to be played for the financial benefit of what it brings to every university every athletic department we've talked about this before the the need or the value of a college football season is really important for a lot of universities because at a school like penn state where you can pack in 100,000 people for six to seven games a season that generates a lot of revenue and of course the big 10 revenue shares that come in largely based on what happens on the football side of things uh, that really goes a long way to funding an entire athletic department and other facets of the university Uh, so a school like Penn state really needs a, a football season to be played, but you know what, you know, who needs a football season to be played even more a group of five program. They don't have the same kind of revenue resources that teams in the big 10 and the SEC do teams in the American athletic conference are getting pennies to the dollar that Penn state receives uh, through their revenue distributions. So Brett McMurphy, uh, again, a really good college football insider, uh, covering college football for stadium right now. He had a survey of all the athletic directors uh, in the FBS recently, kind of gauging their, uh, their anticipation that we will have a full college football season without any interruption. And of course, the, the results were a little shaky. Uh, but going further, Brett McMurphy says that one group of five president has discussed an idea with another group of five president to play the college football season in the spring. And this goes back to what Matt DeBear was saying on Roar Lions Roar. College football season in the spring. It sort of makes sense because if we're focusing so much energy as a nation, really fighting to slow down or flatten the curve <laughs> among the coronavirus outbreak, we obviously know that it's probably going to be taking some time. And if there's a fear that this thing's going to come back in the fall and kind of reignite a little bit, uh, obviously gathering masses of people in college football stadiums and NFL stadiums, probably not a great idea. So if we are to have any kind of alternative backup plan, why not just move everything to the spring? It is a logistical nightmare. I understand that. Uh, Taking all those schedules and just picking them up and moving them to the spring isn't as easily done as it sounds like it could be. I mean, it, there's a lot of uh, logistics and travel and uh, accommodations that need to be taken into account. There's lots of media rights, interesting uh, battles that have to be waged uh, because you're talking about transplanting an entire fall sport into a spring season when um, media partners are probably focusing on other things. But of course, if if you're going to move college football, uh, media partners will move around to accommodate college football and the NFL. So just keep that in mind. Uh, college football and the NFL uh, don't play second fiddle to anybody, no matter when they're going to be played, because they are big money makers. Now, I don't know about the idea. I don't know how attractive playing college football in the spring t- or the early springtime, like in March, around the Big Ten and maybe some schools in the Big Twelve, I don't know exactly how well that would be received, uh, but if that means that you get that revenue or at least a, f- a good portion of the revenue you're hoping to get out of f- a football season, I think it makes sense, and that's why I think it's a it's an interesting idea. I will put it that way. Uh, again, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think it, the more likely scenario is we probably see some games canceled in the upcoming fall season i I still think and again maybe i'm naive maybe i'm just hopelessly optimistic i do think we're going to have college football in the fall i just as i said i'm losing more and more confidence in saying that and and suggesting that as we go forward i i don't have any inside information i don't know what's going to happen here and i think that's the big takeaway here nobody really knows what's happening So that's why you see all these stories about different ideas being floated around. And it's good to have those ideas ready. It's good to discuss those things right now and to make sure you have your backup plans and your alternative plans ready to roll if you need them. And let's hope it doesn't come to that. But I would much rather be prepared with as many options on the table now, or at least well in advance of actually needing them. So again, as we do with everything during this time, we'll we'll monitor the situation. We'll see what comes out. We'll discuss it here, and we'll try to figure out how it fits with Penn State moving forward. Right now, I don't think we're going to see spring football in the spring. (laughs) I I think we'll get actual spring football, which uh, would be refreshing because we certainly didn't get it this year. It's time once again for America's favorite podcast segment. Saying nice things about Big Ten teams. Yes, it is sweeping the nation. It is soaring the charts. Again, I'm making this stuff up, but hey, one can dream, right? (laughs) But today we focus our attention south of the Mason-Dixon line. We're going to say some nice things about the Maryland Terrapins. And when you think about Maryland, what do you think of? Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest questions. I think when a lot of people think of the Maryland football program, they're going to think about those uniforms that Randy Edsel uh, introduced so many years ago. Uh, the state flag pride uniforms that it really didn't look all that great at first. But you know what? They really they really grew on me. I think that they're actually one of the better uniforms that are out there today. I'm not going to say it's going to be something that replaces one of the standard uh, classics, such as Penn State's uh, uniform or or Michigan's look or Notre Dame. But I think when it comes to alternative uh, uniform designs, And maybe, um, you know, new school uniform designs. I think Maryland takes the cake. I I think Maryland has run away in so many ways. I think they're better than Oregon sometimes. (laughs) I really do. I genuinely love Maryland's state pride uniforms. And I wish that they would wear them far more often. Now, they have some great retro looks too. Uh, and I would not be opposed to seeing those, but man, those Maryland state pride uniforms have come a long way since they were first introduced by Randy Edsall all those years ago back when they were in the ACC. And that's kind of uh, what I want to say about Maryland. You know, a lot of people, you know, moaned when the Big 10 expanded and they brought in Maryland and Rutgers. And you know what? I don't know if it was totally Unfair at the time, but I was always more optimistic about the addition of Maryland uh, than I was with Rutgers. Maybe it's just the fact that I grew up uh, closer to Maryland than a lot of people around the Big Ten may have. And again, I don't have any relationship with Maryland. I certainly have lived in Pennsylvania all my life. I grew up going to Penn State games uh, and I've covered Penn State football for so many years. So I never really had a direct connection or affiliation with Maryland. Other than the fact that I always thought it'd be cool to see Penn State and Maryland be competitive against each other. And certainly, if you look at the series history, uh, that has not been the case. (laughs) But I do feel that there is potential there for some fun rivalry moving forward. And I do think it's obviously a lot on Maryland to improve what they're doing with their program. And I do think that Mike Loxley is taking some steps forward. I think we've seen them be competitive in some uh, big games. The problem is they go on the road against some of the top teams in the Big Ten or, you know, even just playing at home against some of the top teams in the Big Ten. Just look at the last few years against Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, They don't really stack up. And that's where they have to start. Uh, They have to, to to. make some steps forward so they can close that gap with the top teams in their own division that they're competing against. And of course, Maryland has plenty of in-state talent from the high school recruiting pipelines. The problem is those pipelines aren't necessarily leading to Maryland's campus. And that's what has to change, I think, moving forward. And Certainly, that DMV region uh, is very essential on the recruiting grounds, especially in this region and now in the Big Ten as a whole. Because you can get a lot of good talent out of there. And if Maryland can keep more of that talent from leaving and suiting up in a Maryland uniform for a few years, that would certainly go a long way. Uh, It doesn't go all the way, but it does help build that foundation and make uh, Maryland a program that a lot more kids want to go to. They haven't necessarily been able to turn that corner since they did join the Big Ten. They had a nice little splash uh, a couple times here with a couple recruits. But overall, there's still a significant gap between Maryland and all the teams that they're chasing, it's not just uh, you know closing with Ohio State because we Ohio State's on a different bar right now, but you know the the recruiting rankings that Maryland brings in are, still have to catch up to schools like Nebraska and Wisconsin, uh, Iowa. So it doesn't mean that they can't do it. Now, I genuinely feel that they are capable of doing that over the long haul. Uh, it certainly takes the right leadership, and, and I know resources are always an issue too. You know, Coming from the ACC, they came into the Big Ten really needing that Big Ten revenue distribution, uh, even though they had to wait a couple years for it, because they were, they were in a hole. They were in a big hole coming out of the ACC. Now, financially, things I believe are changing at Maryland just based on having that Big Ten revenue checks come in their way. So that's all good, uh, but you have to make that use. You have to put that money to good use, and of course, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. You, know, you got to upgrade your facilities, and I think they've done. They've been doing that. It's not like they were coming from a Group of Five conference. To so keep in mind, they were coming from the ACC, but there was still a lot of work that needed to be done on Maryland's campus as far as uh, upgrading their football facilities or other athletic facilities too. But I do think that they are taking those steps to move forward, and. I think that Maryland can be competitive, and that's not to say that I think that Maryland can win a Big Ten division anytime soon, but I certainly feel that they should be on the kind of level that you see with Michigan State on a regular basis. They should be you know, floating around a 7-8 win t- uh, potential on a somewhat regular basis, maybe not every year, but I feel like that's fully within their grasp of reaching that kind of height. And that would be a good place to go. You know, if Maryland's winning seven or eight games a year, that means that they're not going to be a pushover, I think. And I think that that's, you know, obviously they want a higher ceiling than that, but I think to get to a higher ceiling, you have to build a first floor first. And, you know, then you can think about the second floor and the third floor after that, if you're really fortunate. So I think Maryland is a work in progress still, but I do think that they are taking those steps in the right direction. And once again, I freaking love the state pride uniform that Maryland has. And if you don't like that, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I I think they are so much better. They get a bad rap now. uh, But (laughs) that is the biggest positive I'm going to say about Maryland in today's episode. Their uniforms are fantastic thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I know we're all going through some weird times right now, but I would just want to do my part to help at least take your mind off of anything that may be going on in your real life situation during whatever it is you're going through right now. So we will keep the conversation going. We will continue to have these podcasts. I will say in tomorrow's episode, I'm going to outline exactly what to expect from this podcast in moving forward because we are going to be adjusting the schedule a little bit, but we'll still keep the conversation flowing for you guys as much as we possibly can. So, don't you worry about that. We'll keep the Penn State chatter going moving forward. So make sure you are subscribed in all your favorite podcasting apps of choice, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, Google Play or Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Himalaya. I don't care what you use to listen to us. Just subscribe, rate and review. It'll help us out moving forward. And we just genuinely appreciate your feedback. You can also play this on your smart home device by telling it to play Locked on Nittany Lions on the tuned in app. And you can do that also with Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Yes, Chad Ford, veteran NBA reporter, is now a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. He has the NBA draft podcast that you have to listen to, especially leading up to whenever the NBA draft is going to be. But we're so happy to have Chad Ford on board. So make sure you tell your smart device to play Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right after this episode concludes. Again, you can make sure you're following us on Twitter at Nittany. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Nittany. I am Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my college football commentary over on College Football Talk on NBCSports.com and over on AthlonSports.com. That's it for me, guys. Thank you once again for listening. Keep the positive vibes going as much as you possibly can. We're almost through this week, which means we're going to get through another month just a little one step at a time. So bear with us. We'll keep the conversation going. We'll keep you company. So go ahead. Have a great day today. Go 1-0 today. Whatever it is you're doing, stay home, stay safe. and. We-